الحمد لله وكفى وسلامنا على عباده الذين اصطفى ما بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم اجعلني من التوابين وقل ربكم وقل ربكم ادعوني استجب لكم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المصيب الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم the next um, dua the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم that we're going to cover of the daily duas is the dua that a person should make after they make wudu the dua that a person should make after they make wudu and this is something wudu is something that we perform on a regular basis at least once a day uh, the average person has to perform it more than once a day and um, there it comes in narration there's two parts to this dua i'm going to mention both of them and then we'll go into a little bit of detail with the second part of it um, and we should try to put this into practice inshallah especially while you know we are we are constantly making wudu when we're in the masjid so the first part is um, it's narrated in the book of Imam Muslim Prophet said after you make wudu that you recite ashhadu an la ilaha illallah وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله. Now the nice thing is that most of us already know this part of the dua because it's uh, essentially the testification of shahada. I bear witness or I testify أن لا إله إلا الله that there is no deity worthy of worship worthy of my attention but Allah وحده that he is one وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ and he doesn't have any partners وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ and I testify that there that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his servant and his messenger so the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said about this in the book of Imam Muslim it says that whoever recites this meaning after wudu whoever recites this that the eight doors of Jannah the eight doors of paradise will be opened up for him Whoever recites this, it's very simple, right? I mean, you, you make wudu, you walk out, and you just immediately recite this. Whoever recites this, the eight doors of paradise will be opened up for him. So it's very powerful. Uh, the second part of this uh, dua is uh, narrated in the books of Imam Tirmidhi and Imam Nasa'i. And the Prophet ﷺ said, uh, or it comes in hadith about this, uh, that the dua is, Allahumma. اجعلني من التوابين واجعلني من المتطهرين اللهم اجعلني من التوابين واجعلني من المتطهرين so this perhaps we have to memorize it this is actually derived from a verse of the Quran in Surah Al-Baqarah in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says إن الله يحب التوابين ويحب المتطهرين that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves those that repent to him and those that purify themselves okay those that maintain purification so this hadith literally it means Allahumma oh Allah ij'alni min tawabin make me from those that oft repent to you that oft turn back to you waj'alni and make me min al-mutatahirin from the group of people that regularly purify themselves okay so the first um, word of this dua is Allahumma Allahumma, now this is actually us calling on Allah, oh Allah. Now if you'll note the 
last two days, the du'as that we were covering were more um, statements, right? They were more statements of the, of the Prophet It was the reality that, li- that was in the heart of the Prophet that was being manifested on his tongue. And in this case, now, this is the first time that we are actually calling on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we are asking Him for something. When we're calling on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or when we are asking Him for something, it, we should use uh, terminology that has uh, depth to it and that you can establish a personal connection with. So in the Qur'an, many places, and even in hadith, many places, du'as start with Allahumma, which means, Oh Allah, Oh Allah. And this is how you call on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, everybody has their own personal attachment or their own personal method on calling on uh, Allah Ta'ala. So you have to choose what's best for you in general when you are making dua. For some people, it'll, it'll be beginning with Allahumma. Some people, it'll be calling on Allah, Ya Allah. Some people, it'll be, uh, Oh Allah, in a language that you're most comfortable with, Oh Allah. For some people, it'll be, Oh my Rabb, Oh my Lord. For some people, it'll be, uh, uh, Ya Rabb, you know, whatever, whatever attribute or whatever name Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to himself uh, you can call on any of those names oh my creator oh my sustainer oh my uh, lord oh my master whatever attribute you want to use you should use it but we should use it you, you should use it and you should you, you should use it whatever has the most attachment with your heart because this is the conversation that you're going to then carry through with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so it's important to note this that you should personalize your du'as as much as possible. You can say it in whichever language you're comfortable with. But that you call on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with utmost sincerity and utmost love. So in this du'a, the terminology that's used is Allahumma, which means, Oh Allah. Then, the next part, Ij'alni, uh, and if you combine it together, right? Allahumma uh, ij'alni. We're saying, Ij'alni, Oh Allah, make me, make me. Okay, so what is it that we should make ourselves? From people, from those people who regularly do tawbah, from those people who regularly turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, what this means, what this highlights to us from this hadith, from, and also from the verse of the Quran that this is based off of, is that there are people who regularly turn back to Allah. There are people who regularly turn back to Allah because we are asking to be from amongst that group of people. So those group of people must exist if we are asking to be from amongst that group of people. So who are these people? These are people who regularly repent and they, rep- they th- these are people who repent and they repent regularly. Now if you look at the word tawab, tawabin is a plural of tawab. And tawab is on the wasn't a fa'al in Arabic. So a ta'ib is someone who turns back or someone who repents. A tawab is someone who repents and turns back regularly and frequently. That's what, that's what any word that's on this wasn't refers to. That a person turns back and turns back regularly and they do so frequently. Meaning that a person who performs tawbah, a person who asks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive them and repents to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a person that does this regularly. Which suggests to us that this special group of people that we're asking to be a part of, these are people who aren't once in their life or once in Ramadan or once on Eid or once in Laylatul Bara'a or once you know in their life turning back and asking Allah to forgive them. Or when someone, a loved one passes away in the family, then we reflect and ask Allah to forgive us. These are people who regularly turn back and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive them. Um, it comes in the hadith, the Prophet says, 
the every child of Adam is a, is someone who makes mistakes and makes mistakes profusely. right? Again, the same wasn't as Tawab. Fa'al is the wasn't. Someone who makes mistakes and they make mistakes repeatedly. They make mistakes repeatedly. And then but then this a sub from amongst the subset of those people, from amongst the subset of the people who sin, which is every single son of Adam. No one is exempt from this except for prophets. So every son of Adam is someone who makes mistakes and they make mistakes regularly. But the best of those that do this, meaning the best of the children of Adam, meaning the best of human beings, uh, are those people that turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala regularly. So important for us to understand that as human beings, we make mistakes, we err often, this happens. It sometimes, uh, sometimes it's, we, we don't even intend for it to happen, but we do make mistakes, we transgress against Allah, we transgress against others. It's part of who we are. This is what the Prophet told us. But we have to be people that turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and turn back to Him regularly because that will make us from amongst the best of, of the children of Adam. Now, it's interesting that this is... this. So then you'd, you wonder why... Or what... Maybe there, there's many wisdoms behind all, behind all the du'as of the Prophet But why after making wudu is a person... Asking to become from amongst a group of people that are regularly repenting to him, right? The second half of the of the supplication, which is min make me from people who regularly purify themselves. Okay, that makes sense because wudu is purifying, right? Physically, it's purifying; spiritually, it's cleansing. But what about tawab? Um, and there's ma- perhaps many wa- wisdoms for this. One that comes to mind is that the frequency with which we make dua to which with which we make wudu which like i said is once a day maybe multiple times a day that in a similar frequency we should also turn back to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we are being reminded whenever we make wudu which is a few times a day when we finish our wudu we complete our wudu when we complete our wudu that look this is a method by which i turn back to my lord wudu is a method by which i turn back to my lord in essence, any time we perform a righteous deed, we are turning back and repenting back to Allah. Every time we pray salah, this is our attention redirecting and repenting back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every time we recite Qur'an, we are essentially turning back to Allah ta'ala. Uh, because that's where all of our attention should be, that's where our energy should be, and that's ultimately whose attention we are seeking. So, Anything that then so anything that then requires wudu, salah, Quran, etc. These deeds, these these are reminders for us that we are turning back to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So the first part is uh, so the first part we said already. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ahdahu la sharika lah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu rasulullah. We recite this after wudu, and then Allahumma jalni, O Allah, make me min tawabin from the group of people that regularly turn back and repent to you. And then the second part, وَجَعَلْنِي And then make me, make me مِنَ الْمُتَطَّهِرِينَ From those who purify themselves uh, regularly. Or those who purify themselves or who maintain purification. Now, wudu we know, it purifies us physically and spiritually. Ablution, this is what it does. Physically it purifies us. And there is obviously many benefits to remaining physically pure. And we perhaps can't cover all of that in this in this gathering, but we know that uh, uh, that purification or purity is highly regarded in Deen, even physical purity. Right? The Prophet said that half of purity is 
pure, half of iman is purification or purity, maintaining purity. So here we're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from people who maintain purity. And that involve, that includes outward purity. That we that He grant us the tawfiq to cleanse our bodies, cleanse ourselves physically, uh, and maintain that purification. And so we should make an effort to do this as well. We should make an effort to make sure that our homes are clean, our lawns are clean, our clothing is clean, that we are that we are presentable, etc. This is part of iman as well. That we aren't raggedy, that we don't just always appear disheveled, etc. But we should always look presentable, we should always look look our best. This is part of, 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 of Bahara. Um, part of this as well is when you use the restroom that we wash ourselves as well. This is also part of Bahara. So, um, so physically we understand this. Um, but we also know from hadith that a person who's making wudu, while they are making wudu, whichever limb they are washing, that the sins of that particular limb are being washed off each time, which is a blessing. So as we're making wudu and we're rinsing out our mouth, then the sins of the mouth are being washed away. And as we're washing our hands, the sins of the hand are being washed away. As we're washing our face and our eyes, the sins of our eyes, the sins of our, our face are being washed away. Uh, we wash our feet, the sins, the, at least the minor sins, the minor sins of the hands, feet, etc. These are all being washed away. So spiritually a cleansing is also occurring. Now, so once we complete our wudu, physically we're purifying our limbs. Secondly, physic, uh, then spiritually we're purifying our limbs from, uh, from sins. That's a spiritual effect. And then after we come out, we're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from people that maintain regular purity. Now, I, may, I, ex, I exhibited some degree of that while I was performing wudu, but even outside of wudu, I should try to maintain purity as well. And this is external purity, like I just mentioned, clothing, home, uh, a physical appearance, our workspace, our living space, these should be well organized, well structured. This is part of purity. And then there's internal purity as well. And internal purity is just as important, if not perhaps more important than external purity. And that involves purity of uh, of our inside, so purity of our character. Purity of our character. The most pure character was the character of the Prophet And our desire should be, when we're making this dua, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala purify our character such that it's in accordance with, with the character of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You know, and that, uh, and, and, and that all of these ills that we've been discussing, anger, uh, uh, pride, excessive speech, these are all internal, uh, these are all internal states of impurity. And then we ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, through this supplication, allow us to maintain internal purification as well of character. And then there's purity of intention as well. Purity of intention. You know, how many times do we make an intention to do something that's righteous, but it's perhaps an adulterated intention. There's multiple reasons for why we're doing it, whether it be the attention of our parents or the acceptance of our parents, the acceptance of our friends, the acceptance of the community, right? I mean, maybe when we were deciding to do Iratikaf, how many of us were... were purely seeking to to attach ourselves to the masjid because we were in we because we were seeking desperately Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's attention some of us perhaps were making the intention that our a group of our friends are doing this so I want I want to be a part of this as well some of us might have been doing this because well if I do i'rtikaf maybe I'll encourage other people to do i'rtikaf maybe some of us were performing i'rtikaf because we needed a, a break from from our homes for 10 days right we needed a break from the from from our children and from our I mean the, so these are these are Im these are not uh, pure intentions. I mean, they're inshallah will still be accepted, but the but we should desire the purest of intentions, which is we desire nothing but the attention of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. 
Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, for instance, when we're giving sadaqah, we're giving charity. But there's many reasons that a person might want to give charity. They might want to give it because they want people to thank them afterward. They might want to give sadaqah or charity because they want a tax break at the end of the year. They might want to give it because they know that, uh, because they'll feel good about themselves because they had helped someone else. These aren't, but this isn't the purest of intention. Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, إِنَّمَا نُطْعِمُكُمْ لِوَجْهِ اللَّهِ لَا نُرِيدُ مِنْكُمْ جَزَاءً وَلَا شُكُورًا That the people, people should give, why? Or we should feed others, for instance. And feed others are less fortunate. لِوَجْهِ اللَّهِ For the face of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala Or for the attention of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala لَا نُرِيدُ مِنْكُمْ جَزَاءً We don't require any reward. وَلَا شُكُورًا We don't require any thanks. We don't need anyone to thank us. We don't need anyone to appreciate us. We don't need anyone to reward us and put a plaque on the wall saying, you know, this was donated by X, you know, by person A or person B. We don't need that. So in general, any deed that we perform, we, we require purity of intention. We want to do things purely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sake. That requires, uh, that requires a lot of, of, of effort, and it requires uh, support from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He purify even our intentions. So we're seeking purity and purification and the maintenance of purification when we're making this dua. Some additional principles that we make uh, that regarding wudu, and then uh, inshallah we'll wrap it up. The first thing is that when we do that in general, it's always best to remain in a state of wudu. It's always best to remain in a state of wudu. It adds barakah to whatever we're doing. So when we have the option <coughs> of, main, of, of, we have two states that we can be in. We have a state of purity and a state of impurity, meaning uh, physical impurity, physical impurity. We should, and and with the effect of wudu, it's actually there's a spiritual component as well. We should always try to remain in a state of wudu. It'll add barakah whatever we're doing. In particular, if there's ever something an undertaking, that, if something that we're undertaking, something of importance, something that um, that we know we really need barakah in, then we should remain in a state of wudu during it. So for many people, that applies to studying. When we are studying, we should aim to study whilst we're in a state of wudu. Because it'll add barakah to our study. What the amount of time that we would require studying while we're in a state of wudu will be less than the time if we were outside a state of wudu. If we ever have to take an exam or a test, we should do so while we're in a state of wudu because it'll add barakah to that as well. When we have to go to bed, we desire barakah in our sleep as well. Um, so a person, for instance, who sleeps in a state of wudu, there'll be barakah in their sleep such that they will that six hours of sleep will equate to maybe ten or twelve hours of sleep without wudu. So wudu adds barakah to whatever undertaking, uh, whatever we are undertaking. So we should try to our best to remain in a state of wudu. If our wudu breaks, then we should refresh our wudu. Uh, in, in, also, when we're visiting people, we should try to maintain a state of wudu as well. So in general, we should try to remain in a state of wudu because it has a lot of physical and spiritual benefits. The last point about this hadith, about this hadith and about this supplication that inshallah we'll all try to implement, is that... When we are asking Allah, we are asking Allah to make us from amongst this group of people. Now what does that tell us? That tells us that if we want to become people who regularly repent to Allah, and we want to become people who regularly turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in repentance and tawbah, then it's partly our own effort, but it's largely the tawfiq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's partly our effort, but it's largely the tawfiq, the... Um, the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because groups of people such as the 
mutafahirin and the tawabin and um, and and the salihin and the um, sabirin etc these are these are groups of people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that these are groups of people that are very close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, the muqarrabin etc part of it is our effort when we're trying to achieve this sort of a title by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but from this hadith we also learn that when we want to achieve proximity to Allah we want to become close to Allah we want to become special people who turn back to Allah we want to become people who maintain purity for the sake of Allah then we have to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for help from this it isn't that we can just we can just achieve this or attain this on our own that i'm just going to become someone who now turns back to allah ta'ala i'm just going to be someone who is patient all the time i'm just going to become someone who maintains a state of purity we do put in our effort we have to put in our effort but we are dependent upon the tawfiq of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we learn fr- this from this from this statement as well that oh allah make me oh allah make me from amongst those that regularly repent back to you and make me from amongst those that maintain purification. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, grant us all the tawfiq to learn from these supplications of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst the best of creation which are those of which are those children of Adam alayhi salam that regularly turn back to him in repentance. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from the group of people that regu- that are that are able to maintain a state of purification both external and internal wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin